Welcome back to the program. You'll recall that last week we uh, sat down for an extended chat with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder. We were doing that every month with him since he's been in office. Well, now it is the election year of 2019. And so our plan is when we sit down and have that conversation with the mayor, we will also sit down with his opponent and have that chat as well. And, and it may get to be a lengthy one today because just as we were sitting down, former alderman, former mayor, and current mayoral candidate Frank Edwards handed me, uh, well, first he signed and then handed me a document called a contract with the people of Springfield. It's actually titled Save Our Springfield. Frank Edwards, welcome to the show, and thanks for being hey, here with us this afternoon. Hey, glad to be here. What, what is this you've just handed me, a contract with the people of Springfield? Well, I think it's important that when you say something, and, and I was listening to your audience earlier about accountability. Sometimes we have no accountability, and Somebody says something, then they go, I didn't say that. Well, I put it down in writing and signed it and said, here, now hold me accountable for what I'm saying. So it's an eight-point um, document here. I'm going to read through these real quickly. I may just summarize a couple of them. Sure. Uh, number one, I'll treat all areas of the city with equal respect and attention. I will. St- number two, I'll stabilize the city's finances and pay down our pension obligations. Number three, I will approve no deficit budgets. Number four, I'll work to stabilize and eventually lower property taxes and other municipal taxes. Number five, I'll put CWLP on a sound financial footing with a view toward ultimately lowering utility rates. Number six, economic growth will always be a top priority. Seven, revitalization of our downtown will be a top priority, but elimination of blight in other areas will be equally important, other areas of the city. And number eight, I'll insist that city business, including city council meetings, be conducted in a respectful, business-like, and transparent way. It seems like... And there's one on there you missed. Which is? If I'm elected mayor, I will accept no pension that goes along with uh, being the mayor. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, here, right, right here is the second part of number two. I'll decline any participation in any city pension program to which I might be entitled as mayor. I was reading it on the fly. Um, uh, this is, in some ways, an ambitious plan when you're talking about doing more in the city, bolstering economic growth, revitalizing downtown, while at the same time stabilizing the utility, lowering property taxes, lowering other municipal taxes, uh, d- doing uh, uh, infrastructure all throughout the city. Every aspect of the city and paying down our pension obligations. How do you do all of that? Well, Jim, I I, I use the experience that we had before. You know, I, I've got the experience sitting in the office and we decrease government spending and, and I can go out in the car and grab, grab you the budget presentation that Bill McCarty gave January of 2018. And it shows what in the budget, exactly what I did before. We lowered the budget from an $8 million deficit, handed the government off to Houston. You can see it right there in black and white. I should have brought it in. Um, And that was in uh, 2011. Uh, I think it was a $103 million budget, and now we're at a $125 million budget. And we've raised – this administration's raised taxes to the tune of about $11.5 million. So over the next four years – that equates to almost $45 million that our citizens will be paying beyond what was pay- they were paying before this guy started. And so I look at that and go, as our population declines, and I just told you, if you go on the highway, it says 117,000. Now, according to U.S. Department of, uh, the, of um, Census, 
uh, they're projecting that to be at two 2009 levels. So we're going backwards. We're in a slide. And that means that those of us that are still here are going to pay more. And it's going to get to a point, if we don't do something different what we're doing, promote development, bring people in, um, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. In fact, we are in a lot of trouble now. And I, w- I w- sitting thinking about our electric rate, um, just the very question you ask about. Well, you and I both grew up in Springfield. Let's talk about the companies that have left. Fiat Alice, Pillsbury, Hobbs, Sangamo. Um, all those people used a lot of electricity. Well, when they left, now who's paying for the, for the power plant? Now who's paying for the electricity that's still out there? And we're paying a higher rate. And we need to have some positive growth in our community, and we need to make that easier to do. The argument a year ago when the sales tax issue came up was that if we didn't stabilize the city's finances, get some revenue when we were going to have to cut headcount further, it's already been cut, but cut further, cut services, and that that was going to make it actually tougher to draw people into the community, to get people to stay in the community, to bring businesses into the community, if you can't offer those services. Uh, what? What has to get cut to do the things you're talking about here in lowering all those different taxes well, it, and putting more towards pensions? And if if we're at 2009 levels, then government should be at 2009 level. Why do they get to grow and we have to foot the bill when they're getting to grow and take our money? And that's not a good sign that we want to send to people coming into our community. We need to make it easier. I had a friend of mine, a developer, tell me that they went somewhere, I believe it was Alabama, and they're a developer from here in town. And um, they called up the mayor's office in that town, and it was either Alabama or Mississippi, and said, we want to bring, I think it was a 50,000-square-foot facility, warehouse or something to the community. They called the mayor's office. The mayor said, not the mayor, but the mayor's office said, let me give you a few dates here that we'll see if we can work this out. When they walked into the mayor's office, they finally set the dates. They walked into the mayor's office and the mayor's office had everybody that was involved or would be involved in that project and said, how do we make that happen? How do we make this project happen in our community? And the developer told me, he said it was so refreshing because you go to Springfield and it's like, well, you got to go talk to them and now you got to go talk to them. And I've had developers tell me that. And we have to erase that stigma that it's tough to do business in Springfield. I have a friend of mine that built two restaurants in this community. He said, I won't be back. It was a nightmare. Maybe this is more of a chicken and egg question. Okay. Do do you uh, attract businesses by doing the the tax reductions and if it requires that accompanying service reductions first or do you try to take the the chessboard as it is right now get those businesses in and then use that I additional think, revenue I think to- you have to do a combination Jim I don't think you can just go in with a knife and just start cutting I don't think that's that's fair to anybody um, I don't think that's what people expect but I do think they expect out some kind of vision and a plan laid out from point A to point B, D, C, go on down through the list so that they can see that. So I, I think it's a combination, but you're not going to attract people to come into our community. And and I know there's a major lumber company coming in. I get that. But we need people that are providing jobs to our community, people using our electricity, those kinds of things to stabilize 
what we have or we're just going to be in a losing fight. And, and I know that it's, it's easy to say, well, you know, we're in Illinois. That's going to hurt you a little bit, and I get it. But when you look at communities around us, and I always use Bloomington, they're actually gaining jobs. They're actually putting people to work. At the same time, they've had major uh, corporations up there lay people off. So, you know, we can't sit here and blame anybody else. We need to blame the leaders of our community and say, if you can't do this, then we're going to send you to pasture and we'll put somebody in here that can. We're talking with Frank Edwards, mayoral candidate running against the incumbent Jim Langfelder this spring. He has uh, rolled out what he's calling a contract with the people of Springfield, an eight-point plan on how he would run the city if he were elected. How would, uh, this is a loaded question, but I'll sure. ask it anyway, uh, the, the city budget that the mayor has just uh, introduced and put in the hands of Alderman within the last couple of weeks, how would it look different if you were drafting that document for the coming well, fiscal year? Well, first of all, remember they raised um, 11 and a half million dollars in taxes um, new taxes that are going to be and some of that's hotel motel I get that that's going to be paid by the citizens of Springfield every year so that was added remember last year January 18th they laid out a budget that said we're about two and a half million dollars short so we're going to take that out of of the um, funds out of the uh, fund balance well and I think they gave that same presentation because I went and listened to it in October. And they were $2.5 million in, in, behind, but they had found some money from Comcast. Um, the lake annexation of properties helped. So they did some things to shore up the budget. Well, here we are 12 months later, and now we got more money than we know what to do with. Well, no, we don't. We have $11.5 million that you raise taxes on. And if you look at that budget, Jim, they've increased the budget by $2.5 million. Well, let's think about this for a minute. If we're in another four years and you increase the budget every $2.5 million for the next four years, that, that that you've put together is completely wiped out. So you can't keep doing that. You can't keep going to the well and saying, so our budget would probably look a little different. You're absolutely right. The uh, one one point that the, the mayor makes about the sales tax is that it is also paid for, at least in part, by non-city residents, people who come in to work or tourists who come in when they eat at restaurants, when they shop, when they do whatever, they're also paying the sales tax, too. I hear that. Okay. But you and I get to pay it 100% of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think that's fair. So I actually had somebody throw me a good idea the other day. They said, if we're trying to develop downtown, and, and, and that's the thing, Jim, not... Sitting here as a candidate, it can't be my job. Well, it should be my job to focus and get us going in that direction, but to come up with every idea. If you're not willing to listen to others because you're going to have some good ideas, you're going to have a hard time doing this, and you're going to struggle. And I've always opened up and said, okay, who's got some great ideas that we can entertain and look to? And somebody came up with what I thought was a great idea. They said, why don't we do this? Why don't we have the citizens of Springfield register their vehicle, and they, they get a little sticker that they put in the windshield, and when they go downtown, they get free parking. Now, if you want to use that out-of-town stuff, then let the out-of-town people pay for the parking and citizens of Springfield who are paying 100% of the load get some little bargain out of this, get a free deal. Is that a proposal from mayoral well, candidate Edwards? I, you know what? I got that stuck here because I thought, that's a pretty good idea. You know, okay, 
you just threw at me that people coming in here from the community, out of the community, are helping foot some of the bill. Well, you and I are doing it 100% of the time. So why don't we get something little that we can get back and say, okay, here's a free deal for you because you are footing the bill 100% of the time. So I ask again, is that something you would propose? Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, okay, the the mayor's budget has a 2% increase, about $2 million. Uh, two and a half, two and a half remember more, the... more spending uh, than last year. So where would you cut $2.5 million out of that budget? I think, Jim, what, what I'm going to do is sit during the budget um, process, just like you and me, and when you call me back in here in a month or month and a half, I'll hand you that. Okay. I'll say, here's exactly what I would do and what I wouldn't do. Um, I want to hear their presentation, and, and just like you want to hear it, and then if we can come up with some better better ideas, we'll we'll come up with them. Um, I faced that same thing when I took the mayor's seat um, eight 20, years ago. 2011, yeah. Yeah, eight years ago. And you and I kind of had the same conversation. And uh, we didn't raise one fear, one tax. And when we handed it off to uh, Mayor Houston, we were in the black. And and he held the spending in check. He held you know the hiring in check. And... You know, kudos to him. We're going to talk more with mayoral candidate Frank Edwards in just a moment here. Stay with us. News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY, The Jim Leach Show. We're talking this afternoon with mayoral challenger Frank Edwards running against incumbent mayor Jim Langfelder this spring. And uh, we started out, uh, mayoral candidate Edwards has handed me his contract with the people of Springfield. It is an eight-point plan on the things that he is vowing to do as mayor to uh, to stabilize the city and put it on the right footing, especially economically. Um one of the well well two points on here and explain to me how these wind up not being in conflict with one another on one hand you talk about wanting to lower property taxes along with other municipal taxes i know that's been a big cause of yours for a long time uh you also talk about paying down our pension obligations and right now property taxes are the primary funding source for paying on police and fire pensions how do you do both at the same time well, Jim, I think you look at it and you go back to our population. If we're at, and, and employees don't like to hear this stuff, but we're if we're at two thousand nine for population and we've we've come down from two eighteen, are are the services the same? Aren't they the same? What are we doing different? And how do we deliver those services more efficient? So are you talking it, about l- reducing the personnel in police and fire and well, on the other hand, you got crime in our city. Where, um, if you look at it, we're ranked as one of the fifth worst uh, cities for crime. So, do you say, okay, that's what we're going to do? Or do you say, we're going to reorganize and put more people on the street doing more things that are going to kind of slow that down? Because it's expensive when you have crime in your city. It's not cheap. So, when employers are looking at coming into our community... That's one of the things they're going to look at. What's your crime rate? Oh, you're up there in crime. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make drastic cuts in any department. It's, it may say, okay, we're going to put some of these people, instead of having them here, you know, the too many chief syndrome. So if I understand correctly, you uh, you would be looking at the possibility of reducing headcount and merely then reallocating where officers are used in the police department. Well, and you hate, yeah. And, and understand, we have civilian employees in those, too. So it doesn't necessarily mean line officers or doesn't mean uh, sworn firefighters or sworn police officers. 
even if you do that, you've still got the existing pension obligations, oh, and, we, we do. and we know that we're we're in the hole for those, which is huge. Lower headcount means there's actually fewer officers paying into the pension fund in the future. So I, I well, guess that also makes your obligation less too, Jim. In, in the future, but it yeah. doesn't reduce the current well, obligation. I guess my point to you, Jim, is when you do these things, you're going to have to deal with the future. Because if we can't start now, and this is one of my, my big pet peeves with Bruce Rauner. He bitched and bitched about um, pensions. And I said, okay, why don't you do a hiring freeze? Just quit hiring people until we sort this out. That didn't happen. Now, I don't know how many people the state hires, but let's say they hire 4000 or 5000 a year, which... There's 60,000, I think, state employees, so to me that wouldn't be unreasonable. If you didn't put a hiring freeze in, you've added 20,000 people to the problem. So rather than go and talk about what we're doing right now with current employees, let's talk about what we're going to do with future employees because we need to walk our way toward a solution. You can't solve it overnight. And if if you think for one minute that I'm going to sit here and tell you, okay, day two – in office, we've solved a pension problem. I'm done. But as a practical matter, can you pledge to lower property taxes when you still have the existing pension I obligation? Believe you be dealing with? Okay. I believe we can. I believe we can. And as we work our way through this, that will become more evident how we're going to do it. We're going to keep on with that and, conversation. And you know what, Jim? That's why you have this. Because this is a document that we can hold you yeah, accountable on. exactly. Where can people find a copy of this? Uh, I mean, we'll post ha- it, but... We're, um, we're a little bit ahead of the curve. We're going to have a website up eventually that'll be Frank Edwards for Mayor. And we'll have Facebook up, and we'll put that kind of thing on there where people can go, you know what, I'm going to print off a copy myself. And then when he's talking, I'll, I'll have it. All right. Well, and we'll we'll get it posted, too, uh, up on uh, our website and Facebook and everything, too. But we're going to keep talking to you about it as well when we come back. He, uh, the uh, former mayor and current mayoral candidate has agreed to stick around for a while longer to chat with us more about his contract with the people of Springfield and other issues in this race for mayor. So stick around. More of that is on the way. All right. We are back. We're continuing our, our conversation with mayoral challenger Frank Edwards, former alderman and former mayor, also former fire chief of Springfield. He knows city government inside and out, and he has uh, rolled out here today on the air a contract with the people of Springfield, an eight-point plan on what he intends to do as mayor to make sure the city is on solid financial footing and is uh, treating its citizens the way they need to be. Um, uh, Number one on this is treating all areas of the city with equal respect and attention. I will ensure that all areas of the city are clean and safe with proper functioning infrastructure and effective police protection. Is that not the case right now? I don't think it is. You don't really, think it is? No, I don't think it is. We have roads out there that haven't been repaired. You got uh, parts of neighborhoods that don't have sidewalks. Um, I think if you were look at our crime statistics, there's areas where they're having more crime than others, and I, and I believe everybody needs to be able to walk down their street without worrying about somebody accosting them. This is not a new complaint that some parts of the community feel like they're getting short shrift. Any thoughts from your perspective as to why you think it is that that happens? Well, I, I tell people if they don't think it is, and then stop your car somewhere and just take a walk, see what happens. Well, but but again, I guess my question is, why do you think it, it's playing out Because that way? I sat on that council for 12 years, and we had a lot of citizens come forth and say, we're having a problem here. 
can we somehow deal with this? But why, why do you think consistently that, that that seems to not be happening, that we seem to not be dealing with it, at least in certain parts of town? I don't know, Jim. I'm not in charge. I think you got to ask. But you were on the council for a long time. I was on the council, Jim. Here's, here's a big, huge difference. Aldermen carry the complaints of their citizens to the administration. They also have a chance to vote. They don't lead. They really don't lead the organization. And I found that out pretty clearly when I sat in the mayor's office that that's where the stick is. And and you got to be able to, to to guide people and say, we're having a problem here and this is how we want a solution. And if their priority is not that solution, it's not going to get done. But you don't have any uh, idea or theory as to why it hasn't been a priority, not just in, in this administration, if, if you believe that, but for a long time. This is a complaint I've been hearing for as long as I've been working in media locally, which is more than 30 years. Um, yeah, I do. I, I have... I. I I do, Jim, and we're working on that, and, and you're going to be the first ones that I'm going to come back and tell you exactly what I think and why I think we should do this and where we should go with it. If this is something that is systemic in city government, if it is something that is uh, an ongoing and chronic problem, how do you change it? Well, first of all, you got to be a leader. you got to stand up, and you got to walk right into the den and take the heat and go, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing it the way that you want to do it. We're going to do it the way that I'm go- that I want to do it, and you got to take the heat for it, and you got to stand up. And if, if they push back, you got to push forward a little bit more. And and I'm a guy that'll call them out. It, it makes no sense to me why we've been fighting this problem for as long as we've been fighting it. And we were talking earlier about bringing companies into Springfield. Well, if you're doing your due diligence in our community and you read. We're the fifth most dangerous city in Illinois. If you read that, that our minority community is ranked 11th worst community in in the United States for minorities to live in, you got to go. What's what's going on here? Well, I th- mean, you got to you got to work and solve these problems, and they they start at the very top. Your line officers out there, your firefighters out there on the streets. They're doing the best they can do with the guidance they're getting. And if if we're not solving the problems, you can't blame them. It's at the top. And the buck stops in the mayor's office because he's the one that, that pulls the chains down the organization. Every mayor in the last 30 years has said the exact same thing that, that you're saying right now, that we need to spread out services to the entire community, make sure every aspect, every area, every neighborhood of the community is properly represented. They talk about eco- economic development, as you've done here, point number six, economic growth will always be a top priority. Every single mayor has said that, and yet when it gets right down to it, often the private dollars are not there for development, for, for job creation, for investing in these high-crime, low-income communities of Springfield. And that's just a, a fiscal reality. The people who have the money to, to put the capital into it simply aren't doing that. How do you change that? Well, you do change it, Jim. You, I don't care if I have to move into the community and get more policing into the community because we're there. This is absolutely ridiculous that this isn't being taken care of. And and there's plans that have been set out there, and we're not following plans. I know it all sounds good, but you should have, you should have the plan in your hand that says, this is how we're going to solve it, and this is what we're going to do. And we're working on that plan. If I didn't feel comfortable that we could do this, 
I sure wouldn't have signed my name and handed it to Jim Leach and said, here, we're working on the plans as we move forward. And as we do, you're going to get the plan. And then you can put that right up beside our plans go, well, this is how they say they're going to do it. One of the things that uh, is in the budget that Mayor Langfelder just put forward is this uh, shot spotter technology. Mm-hmm. And it, it uses essentially uh, 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 receivers and sensors in key high crime areas around town. It's supposed to triangulate and detect exactly where a shot is fired to help police respond more quickly. What do you know about the system and does it seem like a good investment for I don't know anything about the system other than what I've read. Okay. Um, I have not investigated that. But if we don't think today that the police don't know who some of these people are, then we're kidding ourselves. Which brings me to the question, why are they still out there in the community? Why isn't somebody went and said, get in the back seat of the car, we're going downtown, we want to talk to you, and we want to know what you know. And and you know what? We're looking at you. We're watching you. And we know you're doing some of this stuff, and we're going to catch you. So your contention is Springfield police are not being aggressive enough in combating no, violent crime? No, I think crime? our leadership's not being aggressive enough. I don't think it's our police officers out on the street. Um, you know, every time I talk to them, it's a policy this and a policy that. You know, you can't expect them to go out and do their job and then tie their hands. That's not fair. What? Clarify that for me. How would you untie their hands? What would What would you say to your police chief and to well and to your cops uh, that says you You've now got more latitude. Here's what I want you to. I'll do. tell you what we did one time, Jim. I I pulled the detectives in. Uh, when I was in the mayor's office, I said, let me have the detectives. We're just going to sit around the conference room. And one of them stopped me the other day, and they go, yeah, I remember we did that. And we went around the room with all the niceties. And and um, I said, you know, I graduated from Eastern. Where'd you graduate from? We just kind of worked our way around the room so they kind of know who I was and who they were. <clears throat> when it was all done, I said, why are we having all these shootings? Well, so I said, you know what? I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'll put myself on the spot. You know who these people are. Go out and let them know that we know who they are. Talk to them. You got to bring them downtown, bring them downtown. Now, one of them, more than one said, we'll get sued. I said, that's my responsibility, not yours. But you got to stop some of this stuff, and you got to let them know we know who they are. You're, you're and not- that was a discussion that I had. And somebody's going to call and say, oh, he shouldn't be saying that stuff. Is he going to go out and bring everybody in downtown? No, we're not going to do that. That's that's ridiculous. But that is, I can see where people might, might, they might. say that and, and say, it sounds like you're just going to go in and round up people based on what criteria? What What's the criteria to say we're going to just pick somebody up and bring them downtown for a while? Well, let me tell you this. The result was we didn't have one shooting after that, that entire summer. You just let people know, hey, we're watching. We're, we're paying attention. Who was and you getting, don't have to bring them downtown. You just, you, you just go to people well, and say, hey. And, and who, who... You know what? I didn't get that far down the chain. That wasn't my business. My well, business was telling these guys to go do it. So, so you don't know what criteria they were using to decide who they, they were going to go talk well, to? Well, I do know the U.S. Marshals were involved in on it. So. Okay. Um, back to the contract with the people of Springfield. Point number five. I'll work to put CWLP on sound financial footing with a view toward ultimately lowering utility rates. There will be no CWLP sacred cows. What does that mean? That means that there are no sacred cows. As we look down through there, if we don't need Bill and Bob down the buggy shop, we're going to get rid of Bill and Bob down the buggy shop. I mean, we haven't been using whips for how long? 
And if we're still doing stuff that we don't need to do, why are we doing it? It's no secret, Jim, that that you can read article after article after article that that there is a war on coal. And we have in this community a lot of investment in our coal-fired generation plants. And not only in our plants, but we have investment in our distribution. We have um, all those transformers that are sitting out there, all those line poles that are sitting out there, all that wire that's been stretched. That belongs to us. And it's predicted by the year 2040 that coal-fired plants will not exist in the United States. So we either start now about do we convert these to something else? Do we, do we take some offline and not replace them and just be in the business of distribution? We can't continue to keep raising our utility rates on our citizens. That's another one of those key components, Jim, that tells people, I don't want to live there because utility rates are too high. Can you, we're talking about crime being high. Now we're talking about utility rates being high. At the same time, we're saying, please come live in our community. Well, that doesn't work either, Jim. Can you say where you envision that going? Do you think it would result in uh, converting or, or removing, taking offline the coal-fired plants entirely? I think it's one of those things that you do have to have this discussion about. And it's one of those things where you go, well, that's a sacred cow. We don't want to go there because we're going to upset everybody. Oh, really? Well, in 2014, when we're sitting here in the dark, how do you think that's going to make people feel? So you definitely have to have that discussion. And we do need to talk about conversion. We need to talk about alternatives. Those are the kind of things we need to talk about. And we need to not just say, willy-nilly, that's what we're going to do. We need to lay uh, here again. It takes time. It, lay, it takes um, time to lay out those kinds of plans, and you want to talk to the experts when you do it. i got to take another short break. got a couple more questions for you. Frank okay. Edwards here in studio with us. Back in just a moment here on The Jim Lee Show. All right, we're back talking with mayoral candidate Frank Edwards this afternoon. A couple of uh, quick questions in the lightning round here. Uh, one of the stories coming out of City Hall in recent weeks is the development of a Route 66 quarter that will feature, among other things, the Sunrise Donut sign that CVB paid $22,000 for. What are your thoughts on that? I want to see their plan. You know, you go out and you buy something, and then you announce you have a plan. Well, I said at that time, let's see the plan. Then we can all have a comment on it. I think even you asked. I think I think the SDR said, let's see your plan. And that was a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't seen it. Does, does the concept make sense, at least? Well, I think any time you can put something together that brings people to your community, that, that makes sense. But if you're just buying a sign to hang somewhere, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Finally, uh, Capital Township. The county ran their referendum back in November. Uh, Capital Township voters pretty overwhelmingly said we're fine with the county taking it over and just running it. The city would also like to do it, and the city's boundaries are, for the most part, co- coterminous with uh, with Capital Township. Who ought to be taking over and running Capital Township? You know what? I'm going to listen to, um, I hate to plug something, but Citizens Club's going to have um, Andy Van Meter. And the mayor. And the mayor sitting there, and I'm going to sit there and listen to both sides of that exact argument. Um, I, I That's the last Friday this month, by the way, and we're going to record it and play it back yeah. that weekend, so and people so get a chance I'm to hear gonna, it all. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to sit there and listen just like you're going to sit there and listen. And I think when you listen to the county's argument that they've already been managing that, that makes sense. But when you when the city says, you know what, the boundaries are the same, and we're doing this and we're doing that, Maybe some of that makes sense. So maybe what you do is you look at the whole 
project and you go, okay, what's the county doing? They ought to be paid for that. And what's the city doing? They ought to be paid for that. We're going to bring you back here in a month, and we're going to you know pursue some of these issues a, a little bit further, and maybe we'll have a little bit more detail on oh, the budget I'm sure, by then. I'm sure, Jimmy, I probably made some people upset just being here, but you know what? That's part of it. you got to understand that when you get involved. You're going to have some people that don't like you from the get-go. That's just part of the game, and others that will follow you off the cliff, and that's not good either. Website's not up and running yet, but we'll no, be soon. No, but it soon will be. And you know what? Maybe I'll send you a text that says, Jim, it's up and running. Please do. And it'll, be, it'll be frankedwardsformayor.com when it's when it's active. Up and running. And we'll have a Facebook site, too. All so. right. So uh, go look for uh, Frank Edwards Online, candidate for mayor. We'll be talking again a lot here over these next several months, uh, heading up to the April election. Always appreciate your time. Thank hey, you. Thanks, Jim. For